G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Foundations. So what he's saying is don't make covenants, don't make promises, don't make vows, don't make rash decisions. Just say yes you will or no you won't. Marriage vows are a different thing. That is a sacred covenant of a man and a woman joining together before God. Foundations. Understanding the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. With Robbo Robinson and Mandy Warby. In our previous program, we looked at some examples of rash vows that were made in the Bible and the devastating consequences of those vows to God. In this program, we're going to look at the culture of Jesus' day and what his views were on the issue of Corban. By the time Jesus had arrived, things at the temple and with within the religious framework of the people of Israel, it had got become pretty toxic by those time by that time. And when you sort of you know use the example of what they had, what the people of Israel had of vows in their own personal history, going back to we mentioned Jephthah and and um, Joshua in the previous program, they had examples. They already had these examples. And by that stage, the the vows, or saying Corban, had become so religiously tight, there was a stranglehold on it because of the corruption of the religious leaders at that time. Now, when it comes to vows, we don't actually understand that kind of extremity. We live in a day and age where vows are not a very big deal at all. Um, and, of course, in our society, the most obvious vows are marriage vows. And so now that marriage has been redefined, it can mean absolutely anything, mm. which means the vows don't mean much either. Yeah. Well, I guess for decades it hasn't meant much, has it, with you know, e- easy, you know, no-fault divorce. Um, you can make a vow and then a couple of years later think, oh, well, I actually don't mean that anymore, so you, you walk away from it. All you have to cite these days is irre- irreconcilable differences and you're out. Mm. Easy peasy. It's so disposable. So we we actually in our culture don't really understand the significance or the sacredness of making vows. However, when it comes to God's view of vows, they are sacred. They are extremely important. And I want to read again Numbers 30 verse 2 that says, if a man makes a vow to the Lord or takes an oath to bind himself with a binding obligation, he shall not violate his word. He shall do according to all that proceeds out of his mouth. So God says, if you make a vow, you better obey that. Mm. He also wrote into the law that if you make a rash vow, there will be a penalty that you are, you have to pay, but you can get out of it because he doesn't want you mm. to disobey his law or cause somebody to sin or do something wrong as a means of keeping a rash vow. So you can get out of yeah. it. Now, at the time that Jesus lived and ministered, as I said, the priesthood had been become incredibly corrupt, and they had uh, turned the temple into a money-making uh, venture. They sold they sold doves, they sold pigeons, they sold sheep and goats and other kinds of livestock, and they were making a mozza off it. And not only that, but they also had a currency exchange program because if you had to come and, as every Jew had to pay the temple shekel, the temple tax every year, 
it was the same for everybody, or you wanted to buy your offerings and the rest of it, well, you couldn't come in and use um, Roman currency because it had an image of Caesar on it. Mm, You can't have a graven image. Mm -hmm. So you would have to come and exchange your Roman currency for the temple shekel. I might just add it actually had an image on it as well, but let's not split (laughs) hairs. (laughs) Apparently that was okay for them. Uh, But the currency exchange would then take place, and, of course, that came at a cost Mm. as well. And so they were making a lot of money. It was mostly the sect of the uh, the, the Sadducees who were in the religion, who were in the priesthood themselves. Of course, according to the law, it was supposed to be only the line of the family of Aaron from the tribe of Levi. Mm. Meh, that didn't matter by that stage. They were all corrupt, so they got the monopoly on the power. They set up this business within the temple, and they were getting very rich. Mm. Another thing that they were doing was that they anybody who made these vows of korban, something that was going to be dedicated to God, they were of the opinion that it must be given to God and therefore, Mm. by default, given to them at the temple. Now, that's what a lot of people think, that everybody thought that way by that stage. No, because up until that point, there had been this long debate going on that we mentioned in the previous program that the rabbis would argue if somebody makes a really stupid vow, are they really obligated to keep it? And some were saying, no, because you can't contravene God's word. Others were saying, well, they made a stupid vow. They've got to obey it, you know. Mm. So this debate would be going on. But up to about 400 years before Christ, and you get to the days of Malachi, that's when God had last spoken to the people of Israel and said, you're ripping me off. And he was actually directing his message to the priests. Mm. You're ripping me off in your offerings and tithes. It wasn't the people. It was the priests. 400 years later, they were as bad as they were back then. Jesus comes up and he's so cranky about what they've done to the temple. Well, he said uh, quite a few things, didn't he, during his time of ministry, directed to those, you know, uh, the priests and the the uh, leaders in the church or in the temple. He was um, very but he vocal, was very um, direct with them, saying about that and talking about this issue of you know making a vow, but then contravening God's word um, in the process. But they felt it was okay. Yeah, exactly. In in fact, I just want to read from Mark chapter seven. Um, I won't read all of it, but it was where if it's verses five to thirteen, where he, the scribes come and they say to him, "Why don't your disciples work, uh, walk according to the traditions of the elders?" And but they eat their bread with impure hands, and and then and then Jesus opened his mouth and he says, "Well, rightly did Isaiah talk about you, your hypocrites, and you teaching the people to actually contravene God's word." He says, "This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me." And then he goes on about. You halted the traditions of men and you're experts at making people contravene God's commandments Mm. in order to uphold your traditions. And he actually said that, you know, Moses said, honor your father and your mother. And he who speaks evil of father or mother is to be put to death. But you say, if a man says to his father or mother, whatever I have that would help you is Corban, that is to say, given to God. And you no longer permit him to do anything for his father and mother, thus invalidating God's word by your tradition. And you've made that you have handed down and you do many such things as this. Now, the, the issue with parents was that you got to understand there was no social security in mm. those days, no old age pension, no aged care facilities. 
it was a cultural thing that when parents aged, their children would look after them and provide for their needs, mm. as the parents did for the children. And in some cultures in the Middle East, that still happens today. That's the way it was supposed to be. And here they're saying, oh, no, you can leave your parents destitute. Just give that money that you were going to give it. Give it to God. That means give it to us. Mm. So therefore, they're actually telling the people, break God's commandments and give the money to us. And that was the problem. So, you know, during Jesus' earthly ministry, he had to deal with this kind of thing. What did he say about making promises or oaths or vows? He said this. Matthew five thirty three to 37. You have heard what the ancients were told. You shall not make false vows, but shall fulfill your vows to the Lord. But I say to you, so he's in other words, he's saying, that's what they said. I say to you, make no oath at all, either by heaven, for it's the throne of God, or by the earth, for it's the footstool of his feet, or by Jerusalem, for it's the city of the great king. Nor shall you make an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black, but let your statement be. Yes, yes, or no, no. Anything beyond these is of, is of evil. So what he's saying is don't make covenants, don't make promises, don't make vows, don't make rash decisions. Just say, yes, you will, or no, you won't. Anything beyond that is evil. Of course, marriage vows are a different thing. That is a sacred covenant mm. of a man and a woman joining together, becoming one flesh before God. But anything outside of the marriage covenant, no. I can remember being in a church conference setting uh, probably 20 years ago. And, you know, you get caught up in the the excitement and the emotion of what you're hearing over several days. And from the, the platform, everybody was asked, make a covenant. Let's make a covenant together. And I can remember feeling at that point decidedly uncomfortable. Making a covenant lasts forever. Mm. And I can remember sitting there thinking, I can't do this. And just as well I didn't because covenants are extremely important. My life has moved from that particular group. I now don't even live in the same state. Mm. I'm in a different place. And yet had I made that covenant, it would have bound me to to keeping that covenant. We are not to make covenants, promises, vows to anybody other than our spouse and our relationship with God, yes or no. Mm. And let's leave it at that. Well, once again, something to chew on over the coming days uh, with that uh, challenge from Jesus regarding Corbin. And as we often say, you can download the notes to uh, read again and to study some more on this particular topic. You can go to vision.org.au slash foundations to do that. Well, next time on the program, we're going to be learning about orphans. This has been Foundations, a look at the Jewish foundations of our Christian faith. For study notes, resources and more, see vision.org.au slash foundations. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.